internet brand strategist Sandra Beck interviews top business coaches, speakers, authors, and thought leaders to bring you the best business tips, tricks, and techniques to give your idea the best possible chance for success. From writing your first novel to telecommuting from home to taking your small business to infinity and beyond. Now here's your host, Sandra Beck. Hey, everybody. This is Sandra Beck, and I'm here with Frankie Picasso, and we're going to talk today about goals. Well, we're really going to talk about designing your best life and who's really in charge, because when I started building my business for the first time, I bought every goal-setting book under the sun, and there's some really good ones that we're going to talk about today. Brian Tracy's Goals, How to Get Everything You Want Faster Than You Ever Thought Possible. We'll talk about the magic lamp goal-setting for people who hate setting goals, and we're going to talk about your best year ever, this five-step plan for achieving your most important goals by Michael Hyatt. All these books are available. A lot of them are on Kindle Unlimited. Um, I really struggled a lot, Frankie, when I first designed my business and designed my life because I realized I wasn't in charge. My clients were. Mm. Oh, you want to meet with me 2 a.m. in the morning, you know, London time, that's, you know, 11 p.m. Sure, I'll get up. Sure, I'll get up at 2 in the morning. Sure, I'll, I'll run from soccer to, you know, they, they literally ran me around the block. Yeah. And I felt I was working all the time. But I also wasn't getting everything done, so I never had that like workaholic satisfaction of looking back and going, oh, isn't this wonderful? And then I would take naps in the middle of the day and sleep and miss meetings. I mean, I was a big, I was a mess, but you know, because I didn't know how to, I didn't know how to set goals. I didn't know even what success looked like. Well, it sounds like you didn't know how to set boundaries. Oh yeah, that too. <laughs> <laughs> more a boundary issue than a goal setting issue. Uh, because when you let other people take charge of your life, then it really is about boundaries. Um, your, you know, your goals are, are in what you want to achieve um, is a roadmap. And I know that, you know, and I know that, you know, you do that very, very well because you've done mind mapping and, and maps sure. and things like that. I know that you do that. Um, and you know what you're really good at and you know what you want to do and what you want to accomplish. And so how do we get there? And like, I mean, a, a goal setting book for people who don't like to set goals just sounds like, um, you know, you're going to make another name for something that you actually have to do. Because if you don't know where you're going, if you don't, if you're just driving aimlessly and you don't know where you're going, then you're going to end up someplace that you have no idea. Um, and that's, that can be okay. Cause some people really like that. I'm kind of one of those people that kind of like that. Uh, but if you want to actually be somewhere and it'd be someplace at a certain time, you kind of have to know where you're going and how you're going to get there. Um, you know, there's a saying that, that uh, how does it go? Something about um, a, a goal is just a daydream and put you, until you put a date to it. And sure. that's really true, right? Until you say, yep, you know, I really want to be a doctor. I really want to be a doctor. Okay, well, how are you going to do that? And when are you going to do that by? And yes. so, you know, until you say, okay, yep, you're right. I'm going to start school in 2019 and, and 20, you know, 25, I'll be a doctor or whatever the case may be. And this is how I'm going to do it. That's your goal setting. And if you don't do that, then you're not going to be a doctor. You're not going to be, you might be something, but you're not going to be something that you know about yet. <laughs> well, right. 
No, I mean, life will just drift you like a boat aimlessly in the ocean, right? That's where mind mapping, you know, and I use Simple Mind and a couple other mm-hmm. mind map apps on my phone helped me a lot, Frankie, because I had a goal in mind. And then when I mapped it out, you know, like I did my, my whole mind map of like, you know, how am I going to, how am I going to set, you know, how am I going to actually get this? How am I going to how am I going to keep it going? How am I going to get to completion? You know, when you do a mind map with some of this stuff, there were times that I mind mapped out a book that I thought was a great idea. And at the end of the mind map, after I mapped it all off, I'm like, I don't want to do this. Yeah. And it wasn't that I was lazy or didn't, you know, didn't want to put the work in, but I didn't want to do it. Like I looked at it and I thought, do I want to be known for all this? Do I want to make this my focus? Do I want to make this my priority? No, I really don't. Right. And that's, that's, you know, something that you, I would encourage everybody to, to figure out for themselves. Where do you want to put your energy and what is it that you really want to accomplish? And because, you know, there, there's a whole bunch of external factors that get affected as, as a mom, as a single mom, you're a single mom and I'm a mom, grandmother, you know, our, our energies get focused in a certain direction, but other people are, have the fallout for that. And they're going to be the losers on our time. They're going to be the losers on, you know, uh, maybe the dinner you didn't make tonight or the laundry you didn't get in or whatever the case may be. And we all recognize that some things have to suffer if we want to achieve, you know, big goals, let's say. Um, But at the end of the time, you know, you have to say, is it worth it? Is it worth it for my children not to see me or not to have the benefit of all my time or whatever the case might be, right? Right. And that's when you mind map that thing and you say, no, it's not worth it. No. And I, you know, because we're all given the same 24 hours. That's the thing about goal setting. You know, there's a lot of neat things in these books, you know, and I, I've read all of them and I, I really like, you know, some of them and they're, you know, they give you these five step plans or they give you these acronyms. I don't know why everybody needs an acronym today. The magic lamp has the lamp lock on act, manage your process and persist. I can't keep the acronyms straight. Yeah. And I've worked with the military for like 25 years. So. Yeah. And when I, when I, I worked with the government too, and when I went in there, I, I got a book and I just, it was like a lexicon of acronyms. And I'm like, oh my God, I'm an acronym hell. I don't, you know, everybody's using them. They talk in acronyms. They don't even, it's like code. And, and until you, you understand the secret code, you know, you're not, you're not understanding anything. Um, they're supposed to help you, I guess, you know, remember, but they don't. <laughs> no, and I think the the biggest thing for me for goal setting Frankie was um to focus on and choose a goal. Yeah. You know, because you know, you could make a new goal every day on every aspect of your life. You could have new fitness goals, you could have new work goals, you could have new income goals, you could have new um sleep goals. You know, like everything is a goal these days, like goal, 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 goal. But what I found was when I chose to have a goal, Frankie, that was a nebulous outcome, mm-hmm. all of a sudden things started to to change for me because my goal went from having a certain income to driving a certain car to having a certain lifestyle to doing a certain business to loving happiness. Mm-hmm. My goal is to love and love others. My goal is to be happy every day with what I'm doing then all of a sudden all these books blew out of the water. Cause how do you measure that? Right. How do you measure happiness? Yeah. I had that job actually. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> I had this, I actually had that job. It was called special advisor for spirit. And it was really about how do we make 60,000 employees happy and how do you know it? And so it was, 
you know, for, for somebody who is an engineer or who has that kind of very, um, the mind that you have, that you have to really do measurement in a, in a certain way, if this is not for them, but right. if you can, if you can take that soft skill, let's say, and say, people are saying hello, they didn't used to do that, or people are smiling, they never did that, or people come to work on time, they didn't used to do that, or they're, they're not leaving early anymore, they didn't used to do that, then you can say, you know what, goal accomplished, we made people happier because they're coming to work, and they're, they're doing their job, and they're doing it with a smile, and, and they're relating it out to their colleagues, where before they didn't do that, so that is a performance measurement, but it's a different kind. And so you have to be flexible in that, in that measurement and say, yeah, you know what? I achieved that goal. I achieved that goal. And I, and I firmly believe that I did achieve that goal, let's say. Um, but if your goal is to be happy, then you have to say no and set boundaries to the things that don't make you happy. And so it's going to be, you know, do I need that extra client? Well, it's an extra, you know, X thousands of dollars, but what's that, how's that going to affect me in my day? How's that going to affect my next couple of weeks or month or whatever? Will I be happy or won't I be happy? Is the extra money going to make me happier than the time spent on them and being, you know, aggravated or bored or whatever the case may be? <laughs> and, and, you know, that only you can answer that. Frankie, I want to talk about setting boundaries because that is at the heart of goal setting. Cause if you, you can have all the goals you want in the world. And I used to have really big goals, but I would let my clients run me around town. So I never really got to my goals. What does boundary setting look like? I mean, I hear those words and I know boundaries are like guardrails, like on the road. So you don't veer off and you know, you don't crash into oncoming traffic, but what does that look like with people? Like what, what is a boundary, you know, like work boundaries? What does that look like? Well, even, even a work boundary. Yeah. I mean, you know what, as, as a coach, I would, I would have a boundary letter, let's say, and say, okay, you, you, you can email me after, you know, seven o'clock. I don't want you to call me. You can email me. You can email me three times a week for our monthly contract or whatever it is, but I don't, you know, you can't call me every day. You can't, cause that's, you're not paying for that service, let's say. Right. So, you know, I need to have my time and I like my time. So my time after seven o'clock is my time. Nobody bothers me. Right. If it's an emergency, send me an email and I will decide if it's an emergency or not, you know, but at, so these are boundaries. These are rules that you get to set up for you and your clients to say, this is how I'm going to live my life and have my work life be impacted by you or not impacted by you. Right. So that you can, you can feel good about you and, the, and, and going to work that day and know that, that you're going to give them 110% during the active time that you're giving your clients. But after, after hours, no, you're not. That belongs to somebody else. Well, and that's, I think that's a really important thing to talk about in an era of texting and cell phones and immediate responses. You know, I've actually let clients go good playing clients because they wanted me to be available at their drop of their hat. Right. And that didn't work for me. You know, there was a point in my life that that would have been exciting and fun, but you know, two kids later, a mortgage and you know, 40 plus years, you know, yeah. I need my sleep. Yep. No kidding. Like when I first worked for the government, my boss came to me, he said, here's your cell phone. Here's your pager. Here's your this. And I go, well, I don't need all that. Cause yes, you do. Cause I'll just call, I might call you at 4am. I said, don't call me at 4am. <laughs> I won't answer. <laughs> I won't answer. I'll be at work at six. Don't call me at four. You know, I mean, it's crazy that they expect 
people expect you to be available to them 24-7. Right. You don't have to buy into that. You can say no. And you are respected when you say no. And right. people get that. You know, people go, oh, I have to, I have to. They're going to fire me. They're going to fire. No. They may not fire you. And they may. And if they, and they do, may. But who cares? It's not the place for you. It's not the place for you. And it's just like I said, don't clock watch me. You know what? If I work from six to two, or I work from nine to five, or I work from seven to 10, if you just say, here's a deliverable, what day do you need this by? When do you want this on your desk? Leave me alone. You'll have it on, on that day. And when they learn that they can rely on you. Right. Because it's a you, trust thing. It's a trust thing that you're going to have that on their desk. They don't have to micromanage you. They don't have to call you. They don't have to do things that that project is going to be there well and good. Then that is, you know, that, that relieves you of so much pressure and in your boundaries, right? Right. Because I don't want somebody going, oh, she's sitting at her desk. I'm flexible. I can use a cell phone. I can get on the computer. I can do all kinds of ways to do my job and to get the things that you need. And I do not have to sit at a desk so that you can look at me. Right, right. Well, and you know, one of those things about that anxiety is like when you have an anxiety-driven spouse or an anxiety-driven um business partner or a boss or a coworker. I used to sit at, when I worked, I worked for some really large entertainment firms worldwide and, you know, household names. And I would sit there and go, your anxiety is not my anxiety. Your anxiety is not my anxiety. Like I cannot take this on because they, now you have two people going insane. Yes. Yeah. And I mean, we used to, have, I used to have on my, you know, an emergency on your part, does not constitute one on mine. And I had that on my desk too, because, hey, you know, my shit's together. Where's yours? And, right. and the, the other part of that, that whole boundary thing is you need to be your own advocate. And if you don't know how to be your own advocate, you need to take lessons in being your own advocate or in... Now, what does that mean? That means you, you need to advocate and stand up for yourself and tell people what you will and won't accept. Like... It's okay. I told them, you know, when I went to this job, I'm very entrepreneurial. I don't like to be this. I don't like when you clock watch me. I don't like this. Love to take the job. I think it's going to be exciting. I'm going to do a fantastic job for you. Thanks for giving it to me. But here are my boundaries and here are my rules. Got it. And they said, yes, great. Now we have a happy union because you're on board and I'm on board for what's going to make me a happy employee. Well, and we understand each other. We understand, and we understand how each other. we work. Right. And not everybody works the same way. Some people, you know, like to come into the office and be a part of that. And that's wonderful. And some people don't, you know, some people like to do it with the music on some people don't, right? Like it depends how you like to work. Um, but if you know how you work best, then stand up for yourself and tell people. Right. Like I work best locked in a dark room away from everyone. Yeah, me too. I really, I mean, I like a, you know, like I'll follow any conversation that's going will distract me and I'll follow it and it'll pull me off my game, you know, which is one of the reasons I moved my company home and, and I sit in the back, you know, in a back bedroom all by myself, you know, a lot of times with this, with the shades drawn because I work a lot on computers. So it makes me happy, but it also makes me productive. Right. Yeah. And you, you know, when, once you get to know who you are and how you work and what's your best methodology for getting, you know, doing the best that you can for yourself, um, then you know how you work. And, and so you set yourself up for success by creating the opportunities and the, um, you know, 
your workspace for that. And that includes your boundaries and your goal setting and all of those things that we've been talking about today. Well, and I think, you know, when you talk about that, like, you know, when you look at goal setting, like the bigger picture is why do we set goals? We set goals because we're trying to design our life. You know, we want something, you know, whether it's physical or emotional or, or, you know, uh, egotistical, you know, I want my name on a cover of a book. I want, you know, whatever, whatever those things are. Um, they're really about designing your best life. They are, but I just want to make one, one mention of one thing that happens all the time. And that is when people are like an inch away, an inch away from, from grabbing that brass ring, uh, they give up. And at that point you have to look at yourself and say, okay, I'm not a failure, but there's a reason I, I, I let go because I'm almost there. Like I'm just right there and I'm going to be so successful. Um, that's when you get to know who you are. That's when you get to really know what it is that you want. How so? Well, why did, let's say, why did this fictitious person let go of that goal of, of becoming, of getting that next job of, of taking the, you know, you were offered the role and and you're all set up for it and you interviewed and you, and you practiced and you did it. And that's like, Oh no, I I, I don't think I want that. Right. Or maybe I'm afraid I can't do it or maybe I'm afraid I can't do it. I'm a one trick pony. Uh, my friends won't like me anymore. You know, people are going to hate me that I took this new job or I'm afraid of success. You know, I don't know. Yeah. It's going to be too much pressure. It's going to be too much for me. I've had right. all those feelings. Yeah. And, mm-hmm. and so people who, who, you know, get themselves to that place of almost success need to look at that and go, you know, why did I do that? Right. Why did I do that? Because, you know, it was right there for me. Mm-hmm. And and that's where you get to know who you are and what you really want. Yeah. So don't set goals not- for other people. Set goals that you want. Well, and I think that's hard for a lot of people. I think it's hard, especially for moms, because yeah. you know moms are used to telling their kids what to do. And when it comes to what do I want, you know, that was a, I think you and I worked on that. You know, we coached on something yeah. like what what do I really want? You know when my kids were small, you know, I wanted a good dad. I wanted a stable household. I wanted, you know, dot, 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 dot. Well, now my kids are 13 and 15 and they're getting ready to move on to the next phase of their life. They'll still need me, but they don't need me day in and day out, you know, like they did when they were toddlers. Right. You're a chauffeur in a bank machine right now. Yeah. Pretty much a chauffeur. <laughs> yeah. in a bank machine. That's it. Like in a nutshell and a cook. And a cook. And, um, you know, but to, to, to go, okay, what, what are some goals for me at this stage in my life, Frankie? That's a really hard question for me. It's a hard question for many of us. It's a hard question for me. You know, like you're, you're, you know, we're at different stages in our lives and my kids are gone. My grandkids are coming. I'm older. Um, you know, should I retire? Should I create something new? What do I want to be when I grow up? I don't know. I've accomplished things, but it doesn't feel like I've accomplished things. Like, there's still more to do, but do I want to do it? Do I have the energy to do it? Like, what, what is it that I want? I don't know. So we're, we always get to these places where we don't know. And then, you know, inspiration strikes. You go, oh yeah, that's what I'm going to do. Yeah. Well, that's the funny thing about goal setting. You know, I had this goal set for the longest time, you know, like I wanted to ride a certain number of miles in a 60 minute, you know, session. And I, yeah, I got to it recently. I hit it in like, Yay. Yay. but I was so let down. Because for 18 months, I had had the joy of going, oh, I shaved, you know, 15 seconds off. Oh, I shaved 30 seconds off. Oh, I shaved a minute off, you know. Yeah. 
and I had that, you know, that momentum because I was hitting my goal. And then when I hit my goal, like for about... It was anticlimactic? Yeah, for about 15, maybe 15, 20 seconds. I was like, yes, yes, yes. And then I was like, now what? Yeah, now what because am I Because sometimes do? more just becomes more. Mm-hmm. And I didn't want to just go, oh, well, if I got to 20, maybe I can get to 25. Like at some point you just go, yeah. it isn't fun anymore. It isn't exciting anymore. Yeah. Um, so that's one of the things that I, that I, you know, I had struggled with because when you reach your goals and I do, and I'm not saying that my goals were easy, you know, I had to work really hard to get yeah. to them, but it's probably like the gold medalist who gets the gold medal. Like after you get the gold medal, you're like, Hey, that was pretty great. Now what? Yeah. You know, you don't now walk do around, do you know, the grocery store, you don't go to Walmart with your Olympic gold medal on. Right. Well, some people probably do, but <laughs> but you know what I'm saying. I, like, I know exactly what you're saying. It's it, you know, there now. It's like now what? What am I going to do with my life now? And there is there is a, I think a low that comes with that high, like that. You know, you right after. Yeah. Like, ooh. Okay. Now what am I going to do? And it's okay to take time. It's okay to sit with it and and not know. If that's okay. Well, and what I do with that anxiety, because, you know, I, I tend to be the person who has the anxiety that people say your anxiety can't become my anxiety. Um, I like to read Frankie when I'm in those lull periods. You know, yeah. I had a lull period like January, February, March, and my business was slow, my company, you know, and I kept thinking, you know, do I need to change? Do I need to start a new one? And I go through this like about every 18, 24 months, whenever there's a lull in my business. And I started reading this book from a long time ago, and they have a new version out, but it's the success principles by Jack Canfield. The current version yeah. is over 500 pages long. Wow! But what I really liked about it is it's, it's still got a little bit about goal setting and it talks about writing effective goals, but it, it reminds me of those bathroom readers. Like, you know, those bathroom yeah. readers where you have like a, a three page about something. Yeah. This has a three page about everything business. And I found myself in the tub and in the bathroom, you know, reading this with a highlighter going, Oh, this is good. Oh, this is good. And then eventually, you know, my business turned around, you know, cause you keep, you're going to have lulls and ebbs and flows. Yeah. Um, but it was, it kept me thinking without being stressed. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you know, I'm I mean, I, I, I finished that book on March 18th, you know, and, and the year before I finished the book on March 18th and the, you know, the year before that, I can't remember, <laughs> but you know, there, there's four books in so many years and, and they, they carry you and they take a long time and there's a lot of care and feed, especially near the end when you're putting it all together and you're getting it out to, to launch it to the public. Um, and then it's like a big, Oh, now what, now what I want to do. And it's not like that's the only thing you're doing, but it was like such a high to, to, you know, birth it. Um, I like to birth things. Yeah. Well, yeah, you get a, You have a focus, you know, like, yeah. like, you know, when I have, you know, like when I was studying for my, you know, like my, my latest fitness certification, you know, it's like you're, you're studying, you're taking the test. There's a date you're anticipating yeah. it. Like the whole ride up there is a big energy lift, you know, and you're right. excited. It's like you got a, a big goal. Yeah. yeah. It's going to be cool. And, you know, um, but it's kind of what we do on the downtime, you know, like, in my goal setting, I've actually made time for, because one of my goals is to have a, a better healthy body. So 
that includes massage. It includes manicures and pedicures. It requires sleep. You know, for me to set a goal for sleep, because I was averaging yeah. like four to five hours a night. And then I'm wondering why I get in the, the, um, get up in the bathroom in the morning and go, Oh my God, the crib keepers here. Like, you know, I had yeah. to make a lot of changes. Yeah. And those are good goals. I mean, not everything has to be business related, right? No. I recently set the goal to, you know, release some weight again. And like you, you know, I'm going to physio, I'm working hard, I had a hip replacement. So now I'm working hard on that. And I'm doing, you know, these are my goals. My goals is to walk beautifully, not to have like the physiotherapist said, you know, if you don't, if you're not careful, that whole surgery could have been for naught because like you need to work really hard to make this happen. Wow. I'm like, okay, I'm there. I'm there with you. I'm going to work really hard. It hurts, but I'm going to do it. And that's my goal. And you know what? Everything else has gone away. I'm, I'm taking the summer off. I'm not talking to clients. I'm not doing anything. I'm not reading cards. I'm not doing anything. My goal is me. My goal is to get myself to be the very best in physical health I can be. And that's it. And that takes a lot of effort. It takes a lot of effort. Well, and so, and it's, it's everybody else has to go the wayside. Yeah. Yes. And Frankie, where I'm so proud of you is like you, you are doing this. Like the, the one thing I always fall off the wagon is making myself a priority. Cause it's like, Oh, well I could take this job and make some extra money. Oh, I could do this. You know, making yourself a priority for some of us is mm -hmm. really tough. Yeah. It I'm is. not good at that. You know, I'm good at it for bits and pieces. You know, like I'll, I'll take two hours and say, you know, I'm going to go walk around, I don't know, TJ Maxx or something. And, yeah. you know, maybe I'll buy a new work bag or maybe I'll buy a new scarf. Like, you know, some little thing. That's my woo big treat. So for me to, um, but you just keep out from New York. I did. I did. I had a wonderful time in New York and I, I, I conducted a bunch of business. I inked a few deals while I was there and then I got some wonderful rest and relaxation. And, um, I also realized Frankie, when I went there, like, I know this sounds silly, but how many people there are in the world? Yeah. You know, cause when you stay in your own little environment, you kind of see the same people, you see the same things that at one point I was looking out over like metropolis and you know, there was just, I was 35 stories up is where my room was. And I looked down and I could see just throngs of people and, you know, just streaming out at rush hour, just pouring right. out of these businesses, like, like water or these big buildings. And I thought every single one of those people has a goal. Everyone yeah people has a dream, you know, yeah. or are they just existing, you know, and I would sit, you know, kind of like a, like a lunatic on the subway because I would just look at all those people and go, each one of them has a story. Each one of them has a history. Yeah. And then I got myself completely overwhelmed and had to go to sleep. <laughs> I love it. But I look at that. See, I look at those people and go, each one has a story. They should come on the radio and talk about it because I think everybody's yeah. interesting no matter what they're doing. It's interesting. Right. Cause we're so, we're like operant conditioned to go, Oh, well you're only worth listening to if you have a best selling book or you're only yeah. worth listening to, you know, a good story is a good story. And you think of like, you know, the, our ancestors who maybe sat around a fireplace or an open fire or, you know, quilted and sat at the dinner table and told mm -hmm. stories, you know, that's, mm -hmm. that's, you know, prior to the digital age. Yeah. I mean, I find everybody fascinating and interesting and I want to know who they are and I want to know their story. Yeah. And even if they don't speak, like I'm watching a, a, a series right now on Netflix called Resurrection. I got turned on to it. It's about, it's like Turkish. It's in Turkish. It's oh. subtitles. I got hooked the first five minutes and I can't stop watching it. 
I just love it. Binge watching it. I'm binge watching it. It's got five seasons, and but but each season has like fifty some odd episodes to it. It seems like, but it's so good. And people go, oh well, yeah, it's got subtitles. I I won't watch it. But you know what? There's so much more to to a conversation than just the language that's coming out of your mouth. Absolutely. You know, there's you look at the eyes and you look at what they're looking at and you look at you know the body language and. It's so expressive, and I don't even think half the time I'm I'm reading it. Like I just know what's going on, and it's interesting, and there's so there's so much intrigue and backstabbing and all this really cool stuff going on. It's and it's like in I don't even know what century it is. Like Genghis Khan, right? Just did this thing. So, but it's it's so neat. Um, but people they they go, oh, I would you know I speak English. I don't I don't watch things like that. No, it's fascinating. Well, and I'm, gonna, I'm just going to buzz in for subtitles because when I brought my dad in um, to live with me at 80, uh, he needed the subtitles a lot. Yes, yeah. You know, you couldn't play it loud enough or he can't hear yep. clearly. I did the same thing when my dad visited the last week. Yeah, but ago. what I found, I've never shut him off because yeah. what I found was there's a lot of asides. Like I was watching some old Big Bang theories the other day and to listen to the characters, to watch the words and the body language, there's a lot of throwaway lines that are really funny. And you yeah. wouldn't, you know, you may necessarily hear them, but then when you look on the screen and go, oh my God, is that what he said? Yeah. You know, you like, you just, it's a whole nother level of enjoyment. So for most of the time, I actually watch with subtitles, even though they're English, I'm English speaking and, you know, English educated. It's, you actually get a lot more out of it. Yeah. Yeah. I did the same thing when my dad was here. He couldn't hear it and go, you know, just put them on so he doesn't miss anything. And you know, it was great. I didn't care. And it was good for him. And like you said, there's things that you miss and wow. That's what they said. Okay. Yeah. Like, cool. Isn't that cool? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. You know, so I think, you know, setting a goal to be happy is, you know, like binge watching. Like I love to binge watch. I can't wait till something comes out and it binge watches. And like when new episodes of Grace and Frankie come out, like I literally know the date. I set time aside and that is my like chill time. And I love to sit in my bed, you know, with the pillows propped up, just watching episode after episode. And then I'll take a break to go get something to eat, but it's actually an event for me and it's very restful. And because I miss it, if it's week to week, Frankie, I miss it. Yeah. Yeah. Other stuff gets in the way. I hear you. And I'm the same. I like to binge watch. It's fun. It is fun. My goal is to binge watch, you know, like there you go. Watch more. Perfect goal. Yeah. (laughs) How are you going to set your boundaries around that? Well, I'm pretty good at keeping the kids out of my room. Like, you know, and given the nature of Grace and Frankie, they walk in like, Oh, oh, I don't want to be, I don't want to see that. You know, so that's kind of a boy repellent. But um, I think the thing is too, to, I'm trying to learn how to turn off my business mind because what I find is I'm sitting places where I really should be present and I'm not. And then it's awful because sometimes I'm working and I'm thinking about my grocery list and my, you know, the things I have to do. And, you know, I'm, I'm covering for one girl at indoor cycle tonight. I'm covering for a girl tomorrow morning. And then I'm covering for another one Saturday morning. Cause they covered for me when I was out of town. So, you know, I want to, I want to keep it all like on the up and up. Um, but I'm really trying to work. I've been reading Eckhart Tolle's The Power of Now. 
Yeah. Because I do have a hard time staying present. I, I seem to be somewhere else wherever I am. A lot of people are like that though, you know? And, and I think it has to do with, it's either you get a little bored or you just have too much to do. And maybe did you write it all down? Because if you wrote it all down or it's on your phone or you know that it's safe and you don't have to re- keep remembering it, then you can let it go. Yeah, sometimes I do that. I mean, I do have like, you know, I have my, my appointment planner and then I have my, you know, day designer that, you know, I log things. And, you know, lately I have three, I can't say her name because she's sitting. No, right I know she's going to open up, but you tell her to, you know, remember your grocery list or yeah. remind you about to, to take a pill or to, you know, whatever. Yeah. Um, and that's very helpful. It is. I mean, and I like to say, you know, at night, A-L-E-X-A, you know, set my alarm for this time, set a reminder for this. And I can do a better brain dump digitally, you know, because I do wear glasses. I do have to turn the light on. It is kind of a big thing to get up and make a list yeah. as opposed to just laying there half asleep and going, hey, A-L-E-X-A, you know, set a reminder for three o'clock tomorrow to do this. Right. So, you know, um, I really like her. She's my new best friend. I like her too. You know, so let's circle around for, so you have goal setting and the goal is to be happy. And if you need to be happy, then you have to set boundaries. And if you have to set boundaries, then you need to be assertive. And if you're not assertive, then you need to take assertiveness training. Mm -hmm. And once you do that, you can stand up for yourself and be a happy, well-rounded person at work. Well, yeah, because some of the things like, you know, that we worry about, I found this, like, you know, when you say to no to people, it's, you kind of get one of three responses. Like sometimes people go, oh, good. I didn't want to go either. Mm -hmm. And then you're like, huh, okay, that was interesting. And then another time you might get like, oh, okay, well, I don't really care. So why don't we do this this way? And then we'll do that that way. And I'm like, huh. So I worried about something nobody cared about. It's very rare that when you say no to somebody, unless it's your child and they want the car keys or gas money, that they pitch fit. Yeah, that's right. Because most people don't really care that much, I'm finding. This is true. Yeah. But yet we make it in our heads, you know, this big deal like, oh, I can't say no. I can't say no to them. They won't like me and, you know, or I'll get fired. You know, more often than not, no is just, okay. People can respect no. I had a hard time saying no. Did you ever have a hard time saying no? Yep. Because I'm a people pleaser. Yeah. I have to be a Frankie pleaser. A Frankie pleaser. That's right. Well, but I also think it's a, it's a product of our age, our upbringing. You know, I was raised in an environment where you didn't talk back. You didn't have an opinion. You didn't, you know, those things weren't valued, whether it was in my religious culture or my ethnical, you know, or ethnic culture and the part of the country I'm from. But here's the other thing. Like, I don't even make excuses. I don't have to say no because I have to go in to my grandmother's funeral or something. You know, I mean, you you just tell the truth. No, I don't. You know what? I'm not interested in that. I'm sorry. I've, you know, been there, done that. Or no, uh, that's not how I work best. Or no, I'm really, I don't care. Right. Well, that's the thing where like, you know, on the big bang theory, like the thing that makes me burst out laughing all the time is when like they ask Sheldon to do something and he'll say no, that's, and then he'll say no, because that sounds awful. (laughs) (laughs) Exactly. You know, I mean, you can't say those things in public, but they're, it would be great if people would, because then you would know what they like. 
And I think of my mother, God rest her soul. At one point, Jill, my sister, said something about the color purple. Not the book, just the color. Yeah. From then on, everything my mother bought for Jill was purple. And then my sisters and I were like, you know, oh, well, Jill likes purple. And then it was only like two years after my mom died that Jill confessed to me. She goes, I don't like I purple. purple. <laughs> didn't eat it, but she didn't like it either. And I'm like, oh my God, we've been, um, you know, we've been uh, buying you purple, purple for 20 years. Yeah. Isn't that funny? Yeah. And she, could, and she didn't want to hurt your mom's feelings, so she didn't say anything. Yeah. And that's I mean, kind, you know, that's kind. And we can do that for people that we love. But, but you for, know what? My mom wouldn't have fallen apart if Jill said, you know, I appreciate this, but I'm really, you know, I don't know how we got on to the thing that purple is my favorite color. It's really not. Yeah. It's the same reason I have like 19 wedding Barbies because yeah. <laughs> when I got married, somebody asked me something and I said, oh, when I, when I was little, my sisters had Barbies. I was the youngest girl. So I got the Dawn doll. Do you remember the Dawn dolls? They were like the, the Barbies. Oh yeah, yeah, Dawn. Like, yeah, yeah, her cousin or something. Well, and Barbies were like 10 inches and yeah. Dawn dolls were like six yeah. inches. She had brown hair. Dawn. Yeah. So I got the little doll. She got the big doll, hated that, you know, carried it my whole life. And then I made a joke. Um, uh, I made a joke because about like, you know, these Barbies and I'm like, someday I'm going to be a grown up. And I made a wedding Barbie joke. So people have been sending me wedding Barbies. That's hilarious. Like when a new Barbie comes out and she's in a wedding dress, I have a Mexican wedding Barbie. I have a Polish wedding. Oh, how fun. It is kind of fun, but you know, I have them all in this big tub because I did open them. I didn't keep them. You know, I'm not a collector or anything like that, but I thought it was really funny um, that it was just an aside that stuck. Yeah. Yeah. You know? Yeah. I mean, you know, when I was a little girl, everything was purple. Like oh, rug, you're wearing rugged. purple right now. I can see. Yeah, it's it. funny. I am wearing purple, and I don't normally. But the the rug in my in my room was purple, and you know everything was purple and white, purple and white, and I loved it. And I grew out of it. <laughs> and then I didn't like purple for a long, long time. Really? And then did you go back to wearing it again? Certain colors. This is more like a magenta purple than a bluey purple. I don't know. Uh, I, I I like certain colors of it, but yeah, I don't wear it very often. And that's funny, yeah, because I bought a um I bought a tote bag for my trip. You know, I've had like a thousand bags, but you know, it's so hard to um it's so hard to with the airlines today because of the restrictions and um you know uh just the whole everything. And so I finally found this like gym bag. It's nylon. It, it weighs like eight ounces. It's this great nice. coat, but it's, but it's heavy solid. You know, it's like it's real double seam stitches. So when I throw all my crap in there, um, the bag could hold it, but it was like purple and gray. And I'm like, I kind of started to like it. Yeah. Well, you would have liked it if it was gray and turquoise. Yeah. 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 And it, it, was, it was kind of a pukey purple, too. It wasn't like a nice, vibrant, um, you know, like what you're wearing. Like yours is like an yeah. eggplant. You know, it's really a pretty vibrant purple. It was kind of like a pukey purple and a pukey gray. And, but it was the greatest bag. It just, I didn't like the color. So form over function over form. That's okay. Yeah, I know. But it would have still been great if it was the best color. Like a yeah. color that I really liked. Yeah, it would have been better. Yeah, and um, but 
Oh, well. Yeah, this was the first trip I took that I got really jammed up at the last minute and I couldn't do my usual coordinating efforts. And my dad had borrowed one of my suitcases to take home. So my burgundy one was gone. Max took my black one. The kids went to Chicago. So there goes the blue one. So I was left with an acid green and purple trim. Oh, fun. I mean, it's like, you know, it's a kid's, it's a kid's roll on one made by Olympia. It's really cute. If you were like a, and it's got a Ninja Turtle. On the yeah. Floor. If you're like a 10 year old girl and I, you know, cause normally I like everything to coordinate when I travel yeah. and I like, cause I remember it. It's like, I yes. know what I carried with. And then I had this like gray and purple tote bag, you know, it looked like Technicolor threw up. Then I had this acid green suitcase with purple trim. Well, and I just, I, I was clashing so loud. I just, I couldn't even look at my own things. That's so funny. I love it. And I was so <laughs> mad because I was sitting at one of the charging tables in JFK and this woman sits down. I wanted to punch her in the head. She rolls up with a rose gold, like hard suitcase. And then she pulls out her rose gold iPhone, her rose gold iPad, her rose gold cables. And she had like a silvery with rose gold trim iPad cover. She looks so lovely. And I just want to splash something on it. Like, yeah, you know what I mean? But it really did look nice. And she's like, yeah. you know, we started talking cause I said, I'm a mishmash. I got my, you know, I had my son's phone cover, you know, cause I, I snapped my phone cover. So he had an extra one. I'm like, you know, it was any port in a storm and it really didn't matter, no. but it did bug me. Like, so my goal <laughs> next time I travel is to get my stuff assembled ahead of time because by the t- I was the last one to leave in the house, Frankie. My dad left first, then the kids left. So I was left with the leftovers. Well, why don't you tell them that that's your birthday gift? Coordinated so luggage. Not until like January of next year. <laughs> coordinated luggage for Christmas. Yes, coordinated for business. Because I do have a really nice coordinated set for from L.L. Bean. It's about 10 years old. It's beautiful. But it doesn't, the rolling carry-on doesn't fit the new size restrictions. Oh, uh, Yeah. Because they've, you know, they've gotten smaller over the years. Yeah. So I'm like, oh. Traveling's a pain. It is a pain. It's a pain. I don't enjoy it anymore. I had a girl next to me on the plane with her. She was a spreader. She was in the center seat. And I was so annoyed because I went to sit down. She had both her legs spread. She wasn't excessively tall, but she was just like flopped over. And so I sit down, I'm like, excuse me, because I heard literally her hand was almost in my seat. And I'm like, you know, and it's assigned seating. It's not like I can yeah, that's right. else. And, um, you know, it's just, it is, it's, it's traveling's hard. So my, I, I did make a bunch of goals on the airplane because I do think airplanes are really good place to set goals. Yep. Because you can't really do anything else but drink and watch movies and like fight for that armrest. <laughs> <laughs> And, Hope she goes to sleep. <laughs> well, I kept falling asleep because I had flown the red eye, you know, a couple of days earlier and she kept having to get up to pee. Then she's like, I got to stretch my legs. And, oh, she was just so annoying. And there's nothing you can do, but suck How many out. hours was she on the plane with you? Six and a half. Oh, geez. Yeah. yeah. If it was just a little hop for 45 minutes, I'd be like, but when yeah. you're on a plane with six, but she smelled fine. Like that's the worst is when somebody yeah. bad or they're sick. Yeah, you know, exactly. Like, and, or they talk terms. too much and they won't shut up. Oh, going out there. Yeah, we had the Screaming Baby Express going out there and the Chatty Cathy's behind me just <sighs> yakking away. Tackling. Yeah. And uh, so my goal, you know, because I did, I forgot my earplugs. 
you know, I, 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 the last minute I couldn't find my noise canceling headsets, you know, I just, I have to be ready before I go. Like my, my goal is net for my next travel, which is in like four weeks or three weeks, you know, I'm going to set everything up before I go. I'm going to have a, like I decide I'm going to get a bag and I'm going to put all my travel stuff in there, my travel blanket, my travel pillow. You know, I have good noise canceling headphones, you know, my little baby hairbrush, like stuff that was all over my office. Like my little baby hairbrush that I love, you know, was yeah. behind my monitor. It would help if I wasn't such a slob. Well, you know what? I was very lucky because when I went to the hospital, my daughter came the day before and she came with a list and she just packed everything beautifully for me. And I'm like, I could never have done that myself and not like she did it. And it's like, wow, you are a very organized young lady. Well, and that's that lady that was sitting next to me with everything that coordinated. I mean, it really, it was, it would, not only was it aesthetically pleasing, but she could find everything. Yeah. You know, and it was, was, it Set was her up just, for success. Yeah. And it's like, my stuff looked like, you know, target threw up on the counter and somebody could put their phone down and I would have picked it up because as long as it was mismatched, <laughs> going in my bag. You're probably, you're probably mine. <laughs> That's hilarious. Oh, well, Frankie, this has been so much fun. I always enjoy my time with you. And you. Um, for those of you that were looking for those goal setting books, uh, there's Brian Tracy's book, Goals, How to Get Everything You Want Faster Than You Ever Thought Possible. There's The Magic Lamp, which is goal setting for people who hate setting goals. Uh, there's Your Best Year Ever, The Five-Step Plan for Achieving Your Most Important Goals by Michael Hyatt. Um, Mark Murphy wrote a book called Hard Goals. And the one that I liked the best was The Success Principles, How to Get from Where You Are to Where You Want to Be by Jack Canfield. It's really a good one. Everybody should own that. But they should also buy your book, Frankie. Go ahead and give us your titles because there it is, Midlife Mojo with a big frog on the front and a... It's a kind of a orangey. Yeah, it's orange and it's got a frog and how to get through the midlife crisis and emerges your true self. And it is a prescription for change. It really is. It's step by step prescription how to change your life. That's that's one. Um, I buried my chest. That's I buried two. my chest. Is there? Uh, no bull allowed is three, and for want of forty pounds is four. That one's a good one. That one's about your dad. That's a really yeah. great story. I've read all of them. They're terrific. Thank you. Uh, you can't go wrong. We'll be back again next week with another great show. On behalf of Sandra Beck, we want you to get out there today to make more money with less time and effort so you can live the life you want. Tune in next week for more tips, tricks, and techniques on Coach.